It's October 20th, and you're listening to the Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. Hello, hello, hello. Happy October 20th to y'all. It's uh, week seven. Lots to look forward to. And for me, lots to learn from last week. Uh, Had some great calls, had some not so great calls, and it's all a matter of how you mixed it all up together. So looking at the quarterbacks, (laughs) I mean, spin downs with fields, he got a touchdown. And at that price point, you can even hit in the 10 to 14 point range. Heineke did terrible. I think he got under 10. Sam Darnold, terrible. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, he did okay. Kyler Murray, I don't think he had a good game. Uh, Looking at the running backs, top of the list, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas, and Daryl Henderson. Love both of those picks. Uh, We had Dalvin Cook, definitely hit. Um... Austin Eckler, not so much. So if you had Henderson, Jonathan Taylor, and Cook, you're pretty happy. Uh, But if you're like me and you liked Austin Eckler quite a bit, that one hurt. Wide receivers, we actually hit with Mooney, got a touchdown. Um, Some not-so-good calls, Cobb and A-Rob, but we'll move on from those guys. Brandon Cook's got the, the volume again. Wasn't a huge day. Uh, Cooper Cup, obviously, you had to build around him. Uh, if you were like me and thought, God, against the Giants, the game script, not going to be a shootout, you got burned. And it should have been easy to, to see because the Giants, again, really strong on the perimeter. They kind of funnel in the slot, and that's what Cooper Cup does. And apparently the Rams are cold-blooded killers and just will not stop scoring points no matter how much they're winning. So Cooper Cup nailed it. Terry McLaurin, lock of the week, not so much against the Chiefs. What happened? Tyreek Hill, tons of volume. Um, Another great day. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, gross. Keenan Allen, everyone was screaming. From the mountaintops, Keenan Allen week. Nope. Jacoby Myers, meh. Nope. So it was a weird slate. There was a lot to learn from. And looking at this slate, I'm already encouraged. So we're kind of up and down last week. Week before, we were good. And I think it's just going to alternate, and we're going we're gonna to be good this week as well. Uh, just looking at some of these. Um, chalk plays, if you will. So when we look at week seven, we're going to start, let's just touch really quickly on the showdown for tomorrow night. Uh, Broncos going to the Browns. Um, Looks like it's going to be a good defensive game. We still don't know uh, about some of these injuries. You know, will Beckham be playing? 
Don't know. Will Jarvis Landry, Landry be playing? He might, surprisingly. Uh, the running backs. It's going to be a mixture of Durnest and the other guy who I think is more explosive. Can't think of said other guy's name at the moment. But I'm not too encouraged to start either of those guys against the Brown or against the Broncos and their tough D line. Uh, so it just depends. I mean, I'd attack the perimeter wide receivers. Uh, I guess I'd build around perimeter wide receivers going against this defense, but I don't know who's healthy. And you could play the tight end game as well. It's probably just going to be a matchup I'm going to stay away from. There's just I'm not seeing anything funneling here. And probably a good one to just take the night off. Um, other side of the ball, kind of seeing the same thing. Brown's defense, pretty tough. So not sure how it's going to fumble or funnel. Uh, going to see defense, going to see probably some field goals. So if you play it, um, maybe play it very boring with a couple of these pass catchers and get some defense and kicker exposure. But I'm not calling that one. We're going to move on to the main slate where we got the Washington football team going to Green Bay. How is Green Bay 5-1 and one is the question on everybody's mind. Um, looks like they're going to be 6-1 and one after this week. But going against a defense that did pretty well uh, versus the Chiefs, and a lot of people are, are talking them down, you know, they had really lofty expectations for this defense and they haven't been playing up to their expectations this year, but last week versus the chiefs, um, versus the chiefs, I think they did good. If their offense could have stayed on the field a little bit longer, they might've had an even better day, but for the Packers, how are you going to attack the Washington football team? Um, it's your stars. You're going to have Jones. You're going to have Adams. Uh, you're going to have A.J. Dillon. I don't know. It's it's nothing I'm too excited about. I know all these players are, are going to do really good. But this defense seems to be coming around, and I don't see ceiling games for the Packers. So we're staying away. Nobody making the list. And if you flip it, <laughs> I mean, the Packers have starting cornerbacks, like, literally off the streets. So if this is not a Terry McLaurin game, I don't know what is. And I don't know why last week wasn't. So if you tell me that's going to scare people away from Terry McLaurin this week, and he is Terry McLaurin this week, which there's no reason for him to not be Terry McLaurin this week, he's a lock, in my opinion. So... Got to go back to the well. Get burned once. Fine. Twice. It's not happening. Terry McLaurin is too darn good. So easy matchup for him. Ricky Seals Jones. Um, I just want to double check his snap percentage last week. Because that was kind of the play. Yeah, he got 100% of the snaps. 
last week, 99% of the snaps the week before, 93 the week before. So, I mean, he's on the field, and this team needs to throw the ball to somebody. Terry McLaurin's going to get most of that volume. Um, Diami, I don't know how to say, say his name. Diami Brown. Uh, I mean, he showed some promise, did okay last week. He faces another bum off the streets um, at the perimeter cornerback spot, so another good matchup. Uh, and Heineke, after his stinker last week, um, he's he's one of the better spin-down quarterbacks that you could ask for, 5,200. You got to like that. And Terry McLaurin getting that discount, too, after last week, 69. Ricky Seals bumped up quite a bit to 37. But... Uh, probably worth it given how often he is on the field as one of the cheaper um, premium tight end options. Uh, in this game, especially with Heineke, Gibson might not be playing. McKissick isn't really a, a rushing touchdown type of guy. So you could see a lot of these touchdowns funneling to Heineke. Uh, so expecting really good things from this offense. I think a lot of these guys have to make the list just based on their discounted values alone and how banged up this uh, Green Bay secondary is. So Heineke, you're there, buddy. Welcome to the list. Terry McTerry. Terry McScoring Lauren. And I'm not going to put Brown, although intriguing, but I think I, I gave myself intrigue fatigue last week. So we're going to have laser focus this week. How about we're going to do Ricky Seals Jones and JD with the asterisks. Gibson is out. Gotta love JD. Okay. So now this is a really fun one to look at. You've got the Chiefs going to Tennessee. And the Chiefs' defense showed up last week. Um, turns out they have a really good cornerback in Rashad Fenton. And, you know, that didn't really jump off the page to me last week, or I didn't believe it, because Terry McLaurin's had tough matchups and still just dominated. So maybe Rashad Fenton's a real deal. Uh, looks like he's a third-year pro. He was a sixth-rounder. So... Coming out of South Carolina, he's PFF's second um, graded overall cornerback in the entire NFL, so high praise for this guy right now, which is very interesting and makes me want to stay away from A.J. Brown. Um, with Julio Jones having a hamstring issue, it's very possible he might miss this game, and people might be thinking, oh, A.J. Brown volume. Well, not so much if he's facing the second-best cornerback in the NFL. So something I want to stay away from. Um, not expecting good things out of Ferkser at tight end position. And guess what? King Henry game. Everyone's going to be all over that just for obvious reasons. And he's still kind of underpriced. He's only 92. So you would think with... His recent production, he'd be, you know, approaching the 10K range. But Derrick Henry, and I, 
I was kind of curious. I know the Chiefs and the Titans played last year. How did that pan out? So they played in the uh, conference championship game. And you had Mahomes do his thing just under 300 yards passing for three touchdowns. Um, He had 53 yards rushing and a touchdown. So four touchdowns for Mahomes. You definitely see that again in this game. Uh, Receiving-wise, Sammy Watkins, seven grabs, 114 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had five grabs, 67 yards and two touchdowns. So Sammy out of the picture. And Meikle and Demarcus and those guys not really playing to that type of level as Sammy. I could see more volume for Tyreek Hill. And Travis Kelsey, three three grabs for 30 yards. Um, Not encouraging to see. And if you look at how the Titans performed, Ryan Tannehill, 209 yards passing. Gross. Two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 69 yards, and one touchdown. You have to assume, I mean, different defense, different offense for the Titans. This uh, Chiefs defense has been terrible stopping the run. So if you give me more reason to stay away from their pass catchers, you're giving me more reason to to funnel it to the running back. King Henry is the best running back you want the, the game to funnel to. So this is probably his floor. 69 yards, 19 carries, one touchdown. Uh, they've been trying to involve him in the passing game more this year. He only had two catches in this game for na- minus eight yards. Um, but yeah, you're looking at a floor of, what, 15, 16 points. Um, so who knows? Maybe historians will look at this and be a little afraid of Derrick Henry. But if they're true historians, they'll also look at the Chiefs' playing the Titans in 2019, the year prior. And in this game, another terrible Tannehill game. He got 181 yards passing, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 23 carries for 188 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And that's obviously his ceiling. Um, So at the floor of 15, ceiling of 35, probably a high ownership type of guy. And honestly, not... Not really price where he needs to be. So a lot of security in that. And A.J. Brown, a catch for 17 yards, staying away, especially with this second overall cornerback in Fenton. And Chiefs, Mahomes, 446 yards, passing three touchdowns. Damian Williams was the starting running back, 19 carries, 77 yards. Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of expecting that type of game from him in this one. Travis Kelsey had seven catches, 75 yards, and touchdown. Which probably a typical Kelsey game that we'd expect here as well. But definitely see ceiling games for Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and uh, King Henry. But let's, let's just flip the ball a little bit. It's fun looking in the past. And... The Titans have two of the better safeties in the NFL. And Kevin Biard, I don't know how to say that name, so I'm just going to say Biard, because that's what it looks like. Look him up. Um, He's PFF's number one graded safety. 
which is very surprising. So good security blanket, maybe that um, limits some of the downfield throws to Hill, even though Hill is going to get his volume and tons of catches. And then Amani Hooker. Who is this guy? Third-year pro, fourth-round uh, fourth pick. Hawkeye. Looks like he's graded very well so far this year. But I don't know how much he's actually played. So it looks like he's coming off of a good game. So maybe that limits Kelsey. Um, yeah, Mahomes is going to have to spread the ball around. He'll be able to move it around. Hill's going to have a ceiling game. And we're going to put those guys down. So we're going to do... We got our list here. P-Money, Mahomes. We got King Henry. The King Henry. We've got Hill. And that's it. We're not going to put down Kelsey. Just based on the last two years. And it looks like he'll, he'll be okay, but not a ceiling game for Kelsey. All right, so we don't have a lot of value so far, but we're only two games in. So, Falcons, Dolphins. Starting with the Dolphins, Tua came back from the IR, looked really good last week. Uh, cheaper guy, 5,500. Um, not sure if Devonta Parker is going to be healthy for this one. I don't really, really think it matters. He has a lot of weapons. Gaskin, again, is in a goal line rushing running back. So kind of like what I said with Heineke. Um, the touchdowns are going to have to funnel to the quarterback in this offense. So you've got to love Tua at this discount. So that gives us two discounted quarterbacks. Tua discounted quarterbacks. Um, not seeing any of the passing volume funneling to any particular pass catcher. Uh, especially if Devontae Parker's back. You've got Gasicki, you've got Waddle. Um, Albert Wilson had some play. Mac Hollins looked good in this game. Maybe Preston Williams is back even. Miles Gaskin has been a catch pass catcher uh, in a lot of these games and can certainly move the ball on the Falcons. So we like Tua in this game, especially at that price. And let's see, how about on the Falcon side of the ball? Well, Calvin Ridley will be back for this one. He is intriguing, but again, I'm kind of I'm sick of intrigue fatigue. Okay, so the starting cornerbacks for the Dolphins injured? I didn't realize that. I was expecting to see Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and not seeing either of those guys. Which makes sense because their their pass defense has been horrendous. Okay, Byron Jones return to practice Thursday. That was last week. All right, so not the best update on Byron Jones. Let's see if we can get. I know you're all curious about your Byron Jones news. I don't know something to monitor. I suppose Byron Jones not might not play in this game. Xavier Howard. Where is he at? Huh, okay. 
couldn't get the best updates on either of these guys, but you know, it looks like both the Dolphins' top cornerbacks might be out. And if they are, you have to love Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. And of course, Calvin Ridley. Here's the thing about Calvin Ridley. If you look at all the games he's played this year, he gets the volume. He gets the volume. He gets it done. He's had he played weeks one through four. He was out week five, and then Falcons were on by in week six. So not a lot of noise about Calvin Ridley, but he had eight targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, 13 targets. Um, and he had 51 yards, 63 yards, 61 yards, 80 yards. And he's only had one touchdown in that span, but he's getting the volume. Uh, Kyle Pitts is still a rookie. I know he played really well last week, but that was versus the Jags and without Calvin uh, Ridley. Or sorry, that was versus the Jets two weeks ago in London. Okay. Or no, I'm getting my games mixed up now. Okay, anyway. Calvin Ridley, very intriguing. Um, try and avoid some intrigue fatigue, but with that volume in every game he's played, versus this defense, especially if they are down both of their Pro Bowl cornerbacks, um, for 66, Calvin Ridley has to make that list. So we're putting him, putting him in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. All right, Calvin Ridley for sure, and Kyle Pitts, interesting, but he's one of the top um, price tight ends, so no thanks. I'm actually, for discount, actually really like Hayden Hurst, who's been getting 60% of the snaps even with um, Ridley in, and that's because Pitts isn't really lining up as a tight end. He's lining up as a wide receiver. So Hayden Hurst for 27, still getting the snaps. And in an offense, this might be a sneaky shootout. So you kind of got to like Hayden Hurst at that price. <clears throat> now, what you're all probably wondering about is what about Cordero Patterson? And nobody's probably wondering about Mike Davis. And I would almost argue... With emergence of Pitts and Calvin Ridley coming back probably hurts Patterson more than anything because everything has been going in Patterson's favor. So Patterson is priced up there in the sixes. I'm going to stay away. And um, Mike Davis priced down kind of gets similar volume. You could kind of get sneaky with that one. Mike Davis has gotten... Um, I want to say at least three targets in the last few games and like 10 rushing, you know, rushing attempts. So nothing crazy good, but if you need a spin down, consider it, but not making the list. That is about all we need to talk about in this game. We've spent way too much time, so let's move on. And we're moving on to the Jets facing the Patriots. This time, they will be in Foxborough. They already faced each other once this year. And that was the game where you were happy if you started Patriots defense. They they picked off, uh, um, what's his face, Zach Wilson. Picked him off four times, sacked him four times. Defense got like 19 points. Uh, 
I, I'd be so, I mean, Jets have to go in Foxborough, so it's a little bit more of a challenging environment, but the Patriots defense has been playing as good as they um, should be playing, and I'd be pretty shocked if they hit that ceiling again. But pretty cheap defense. You can pay up for them uh, at 3400 so it's not terrible, especially just given what they did to Zach Wilson last time. But otherwise, I don't know. I wouldn't really want to touch anything else here. If you look at how that uh, game went last time, there weren't any good plays. I mean, Damian Harris had 60 yards and fell in the end zone. James White was the leading receiver, six catches, 45 yards. Uh, New York side of the ball, you've got nothing that excites you. Rex and Berrios got seven catches for 73 yards. So with them... Getting Crowder back and uh, mixing in Denzel Mems a little bit more. Uh, nothing you want to attack there. So we're going to move on. Z- definitely not putting any players on the list for that one. And then Carolina Pan- Panthers going to New York to play the Giants. Um, uh, I guess I guess we'll start on the, the Giants side of the ball. And we're not sure if Kenny Galde will be back for this one which doesn't matter. don't really want to attack perimeter wide receivers against this defense. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard or uh, Tony, Darius Tony, who knows if he's going to play. It doesn't look like he is, so it looks like Shepard is going to be alone in this one, but he's going to draw a tough matchup with A.J. Bouye in the slot. So stay away. Stay away from whatever they're going to throw out there at if it's Slayton, Galladay, Perimeter, who cares? Uh, and yeah, Devontae Booker uh, running back, getting all the touches there. Don't love it, especially if they can't move the ball anywhere else. Ingram might have an okay game. Um, looks like really it would funnel the Booker and Ingram, but I don't think the Giants are going to be able to play that conservatively. They're going to have to like try to throw it down the field. They're not going to score a lot of points, and it's not too intriguing. But for Ingram's price point, if you wanted to do a low ownership pivot off of, say, um, Ricky Seals is 37, Ingram is 36. So something to keep in mind. We're trying to avoid the intrigue fatigue, but... We'll put Ingram on just for that very reason. All right. Okay. Where'd my screen go? So we'll flip it. Um, Vikings fans, you probably saw the Panthers play last week, and it was awful. They they couldn't move the ball really at all. Uh, Robbie Stone Henderson couldn't catch anything. He had... Probably the most drops I've ever seen in any game. Uh, DJ Moore didn't do too well. He had a couple drops. But as we saw at the Rams last week, and I've been saying this, the Giants' defense is a slot corner funnel. Uh, it funnels points to the slot corner uh, wide receiver. Sorry. So obviously Cooper Cup had a huge game. Um, and in this offense, with... Uh, 
and on Blake Martinez, their stud linebacker for the Giants, still injured, not playing. So you really have to like, kind of like with the Rams last week, Henderson and Cup just went off and really like Henderson here. And, um, or sorry, uh, Hubbard, really like Chuba. So <clears throat> he's for sure in play. And you got Chuba, he's what, 61? Really good price point in a really good spot. And um, you know what? We've been waiting for it. And with how poorly Robbie Anderson played and DJ Moore kind of getting it done, we might finally have a Terrace Marshall game, especially operating out of the slot. It's kind of where he lives. Um, been dominating the slot snaps uh, with 153 on the year out of the slot versus 90 out wide. And he's been getting a pretty good snap percentage. Let's just do a double check. I know he got he had to leave the game last week due to a concussion. So it depends on if he's playing, but he, he's been getting upwards of 70, 71%, 76%. Uh, snap percentage two weeks before Minnesota. So I think they're getting him more involved. And with how bad Robbie Anderson has been, it makes sense to attack the slot with with their prized rookie, Terrace Marshall. So definitely like Terrace. Definitely, definitely like Chuba. And Terrace, again, if he's healthy, Chuba is almost a lock. Because... It just feels so safe with, again, the, the passing game didn't do too well, and they have another tough matchup on the perimeter. Things should funnel, so it'd be kind of smart for them to be conservative, lean on the ground game, just have Sam Darnold make the easy passes, get his confidence back for a better matchup. So Chuba is safe. He's a lock. If Marshall's healthy, He's worth the dart throw at 32. So liking that a lot. And Cincinnati going to Baltimore. We always start with the home team, and we've got Lamar Jackson facing this uh, Cincinnati defense. So here's what we know about facing the Bengals' defense. Uh, they're they're pretty good at containing the running backs. Uh, they they were able to maintain Dalvin Cook. Um, who else? Najee Harris, Aaron Jones so far this year. So it doesn't really matter because running backs for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, and you're not going to even try to play some Tyson Williams or Le'Veon Bell. So forget it. Um. When, when I saw the Packers in this game, it was a fire up Devontae Adams. Everything had to funnel to him, just looking at that. And you could look at this and say the same thing for Marquise Brown. But there's just two. I mean, I, I just I'd call that one intrigue fatigue because you got uh, Bateman. Rashad Bateman came and played, came back last week. I think he got six targets, four catches, and he's men prized, 3,400. Um, that'd be more intriguing to me. And yeah, 
we're not going to call that intri- intrigue fatigue because he's just too cheap. Uh, not sure Sammy Watkins is going to play. Mark Andrews has been playing at an elite level. So I think I think Jackson will be able to kind of spread it around for the first time. <laughs> and uh, he's been doing pretty good. So I, I see a pretty good Lamar game here. Might be a potential shootout, but if you think about how the uh, Chargers played against this team last week, in which should be Chargers probably have a better defense. I kind of expect more of the same there as far as output from this offense. So you got to like Lamar Jackson. And that's all I really want. I'm not going to try to guess on the wide receivers, but we will put Bateman with an asterisk if Sammy's out. And I don't think he practiced today as of Wednesday. And okay, so how did the Chargers do last week versus defense? Uh, Not good. Mike Williams got like shut out. So it doesn't really make you too confident about guys like Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Everyone was screaming, hey, this is a Keenan Allen week. Look at this slot cornerback. Tavon Young. Uh, So it kind of makes you interested in Tyler Boyd. So I will say that maybe some Tyler Boyd is worth it. Uh, Joe Mixon might do okay. But, I mean, if Keenan Allen didn't have a huge game, then are you feeling as confident Tyler Boyd will? For his price point, I think he's like 47. 47, so maybe... That's kind of, I wouldn't try to fit him in, but if you're looking for a cheap guy and it works, Tyler Boyd, you could have much worse options. We'll put him on the list. Um, that's it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch Mixon this week. I'm sure he's a little bit more overpriced too. 65. I mean, I got burned by our boy, uh, Austin Eckler last week. And I don't think Mixon is going to do better than Austin Eckler here. So we're we're staying away. That's all we got there. Next, we got Philly going to Vegas to face the Grudenless Raiders. And Raiders O-line has just been awful this year. So really liking... Actually, some of the defensive matchups for a very cheap defense. Uh, the Eagles, what are they, 23? Looks like a good move. I know I know everyone thinks the Raiders are, they played so well without Gruden last week. Sure, but I don't know. How, how true is that? I don't know. And facing this defense, good on the perimeter. Ruggs and Edwards, not in play. Uh, could be a Waller game. Could definitely be a Waller game. So Waller, interesting. Not interested in Renfro. Jacobs draws a good game, but here's the thing. The O-line is awful. One of the worst PFF graded O-lines I've seen. Jacobs is expensive. 
62. So for those reasons, I'm out as, as the sharks say, Waller can be yours for 67. Um, which if you compare it, 76 for Kelsey, six for Andrews. So it could be a way to get different if you really want to spend up this week. We'll put wall the Waller on there just for that reason. So Waller and nothing else. And then Eagles side of the ball. So pretty good defense that they're facing here. Um, Casey Hayward at the ripe age of 32 years old is PFF's number one graded cornerback so far this year. That is incredible. Uh, I'm not sure how often he shadows. It shows him lining up on the left side and Devonta Smith mostly lining up on the right side. But I know that changed at some point this year. Hayward was lining up on the other side, so I think it's just matchup dependent, which makes me think Smith could get shut down versus a very good cornerback. Wouldn't surprise me. Quez Watkins operating in the slot a lot of the times, facing Nate Hobbs, fifth-round rookie, um, getting a very high-rated fifth overall cornerback this year, PFF-wise. So Hayward and coverage in the slot, not an area to target. You can, however, target Robertson, their other cornerback. But you're going to be playing a little bit of roulette trying to understand um, if it's going to be Rager or Quez. And no thanks. Don't want to do that. So Goddard, not a bad matchup. Um, yeah, I I think Hertz is going to have to get creative and spread the ball around and pass to Sanders more or Kenneth Gainwell, to be honest. And just kind of what I heard with, uh, that game in Philly versus the Bucks, the fans were just screaming for Sanders. Every time Miles Sanders touched the ball, they were going nuts, super happy about it. He looked good. He looked really good as a runner. I'd be kind of shocked if they didn't want to incorporate him more and kind of take the blame off of um, Hertz. So really like Goddard, especially with Ertz out of town. I don't even know if that was on my list. Goddard, 4,600. Is he on the COVID-19 list? Oh, he was last week, so he should be good. Okay, Goddard at 46. Definitely interested in that. Especially with other matchups, he might be the guy. So Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders, too. Maybe this is a little bit more risky, but 5100 just is way too cheap to leave him off the list. Miles Sanders. Okay. So that's what you got in that game. And we're going to switch gears. Go to Los Angeles with the 0-6 Lions, who revenge game, or yeah, revenge game. (laughs) 
revenge game for Goff and uh, Stafford. So I think I said earlier on the podcast, I keep pausing and, and recording um, when I can throughout the day over lunch break right now. So Stafford and the the Rams showed us last week they just want to murder you. They're stone cold, cold blooded killers. So the Lions are going to get killed is what's going to happen. And looking at the Lions' defense, you can attack them anywhere. It doesn't really have to funnel to the slot like it did versus the Giants. So it's not going to be your ceiling crazy cup game. Go ahead and pay for it if you want. I'm out. Uh, Higby has a good match. Woods has a good matchup. Jefferson. I mean, all these guys. So for all those reasons, and this is going to be said all year, start the running back against the Lions, end of story. So Henderson, especially, Henderson got, I mean, he's bell cow status right now. Hendo. And he hasn't really broken free for a huge run yet, and he has the wheels to do it. You see the explosion, and it's kind of surprising when he gets tackled because if he breaks that one, you know, that one tackle, he's taking it to the house and last week he ran the ball 21 times for 78 yards and he caught the ball twice he's targeted three times so he got a rushing touchdown he got a receiving touchdown um in this game i'd be shocked if he touched the ball 23 times i'd be shocked if he didn't go over 100 yards rushing and he's gonna hit pay dirt again so anderson's pretty much a lock I don't know how you could talk yourself out of that one. And Lions, no thanks. I mean, Swift could be okay. Kind of like what you saw. What was it? No, Miles, Miles Gaskin was versus the Bucks, right? Anyway, you can't really run on the Rams. It's going to be really hard for him to move the ball with any of these guys. Even with Hawkinson, Swift. I mean, he might get a ton of targets, but... They're not moving the ball, the chains, or getting in scoring position. It's not worth it. So, no thanks. Rams defense, if you want to pay up five grand, by all means, but not something I would want to do personally. You're going to need them to get like 20 points to hit that. Uh, we've got the one and five Texans going to the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, who should have Cliff Kingsbury back. Um, this offense is going to be able to do whatever they want against this Texans defense, uh, who have really been exposed and the PFF grades are are reflecting that, uh, finally this defense was looking kind of good for a while, but not anymore. Um, Kyler Murray and company is going to be able to do whatever they want. I mean, we'll see when we flip sides, but I, I doubt the Texans are going to be able to score much. So pick a receiver, any receiver. It could be Zach Ertz, AJ Green, Kirk, Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Chase Edmonds. Murray is going to do really good. So if you wanted to go up for someone like Patrick P. Money Mahomes, I mean, Kyler around the same price might be worth it at lower ownership because 
it's going to dominate and uh, not sure how it's going to funnel with any of his weapons. So we're staying away from that. And Cardinals defense has been pretty good. Pretty easy to expose them in the secondary, which makes you like Cooks. And Mills, Davis Mills has shown that, you know, he's a rookie, but he's shown some upside in some of these games and he's playing a little bit better more recently. It's still kind of a roller coaster ride. So buyer beware, but Cooks is okay. Um, You're assuming he's going to get all the volume and they're going to be in scoring position, which I'm not going to bank on. And Cooks is six grand. I'd be more interested and attacking um, this with Nico Collins, who just came back off of IR last week. Nico is thirty-two hundred, so same price as Terrace Marshall. And last week he got six targets, forty-four yards. Uh, really encouraging to see, and he's a pretty. How tall is this guy? I mean, he did really well in the combine. So he's very athletically gifted. He's 6'4". He's a touchdown threat. Um, So Mills, even even Mills is kind of in play and interesting for, I think he's the cheapest quarterback on the slate, starting quarterback at 49. So, hey, if you need the salary saver, we're going to put Mills out there. He only needs like 10 points. And he's got Cooks. He's got Collins. He's got some targets. David Johnson in David Johnson's revenge game. Running some routes out there as well. So might get lucky with Mills. I mean, he already put up 303 touchdowns against the Patriots defense. So it wouldn't be shocking if he was able to do against the Cardinals defense. Throwing that out there, we're going to put Nico Ballins. Collins on this list. And that's surprising. We got three Texans and one Cardinal on this list. Yikes. All right. Chicago's going to Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay defense is four grand. That could be interesting. <clears throat> um, also on the Tampa Bay side, Tom Brady is going to do pretty good. Uh, Jalen Johnson has been killing it this year, but his PFF grade came down quite a bit after he had to face Devontae Adams. So here's what I am curious about. Is Johnson, Jalen Johnson matching up against Mike Evans or is it Antonio Brown? If I knew it was Mike Evans, because he kind of profiles like Devontae Adams, bigger guy. Antonio Brown is awesome in this game. And really, for the Bucs in general, he's just been operating as their number one wide receiver. Um, Antonio Brown, let's just look at this. Antonio Brown, oh, that's wrong Brown, AJ Brown. Antonio Brown. Last three weeks, 11 targets, 8 targets, 13 targets. I like that. 63 yards, 124 yards, 93 yards. That's versus New England, Miami, Philly, all these teams that had really good perimeter cornerbacks. And he's their number one, and he's not priced like it in DraftKings. He's only 6,300. 
So I was trying to think of a comparison earlier because you've got high profile guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who before Brown were amazing, had Pro Bowl seasons, yada, yada. I kind of think about it. What if you did the same thing to the Chargers offense? Now you have Mike Williams profiles like Mike Evans. You got Keenan Allen working the slot. You know, one of the elite slot wide receivers in the league, just like Chris Godwin. What if the Chargers got a guy like Tyreek Hill? I know Brown's not as fast as Hill, but as far as how elite those receivers are, Brown is playing like the Brown of old. Um, you could see Tyreek Hill just emerging in the offense, being the number one and taking work away from Mike Williams and Keenan and just having a field day because there's so much for the posing defenses to focus on. So that would be my comparison. And honestly, it might not even matter if Jalen Johnson is lining up against Antonio Brown or Mike Evans. I think the Antonio Brown is your guy. Just given his chemistry with Brady, how well he's been playing. Uh, and for that price, you have to. You have to do Antonio Brown is almost a lock. It definitely makes a list. <clears throat> Lenny, Uncle Lenny, did really good last week. Um, that was last week. Different defense. Against this defense, a little bit better line. Um, I don't know. You could. How much is this guy? Uncle Leonard Fournette. 64. No, thanks. Okay. Moving on. How are the Bears going to do against this Tampa defense? Um, Not good. So if you want to pay up for the Tampa defense, do it. Otherwise, Allen Robinson is now their slot wide receiver. Um. Not the best matchup for him. Yeah, Fields couldn't really get it done against the Packers last week, and they don't have any good cornerbacks started right now, so no thanks. Bucks defense, lock it if you want. And how many more games we got here, folks? Is that the last one? We did it. Okay. Finally made it through the slate. Hopefully it doesn't feel like a finally 52 minutes. Took me all day to do this. I had to keep pausing. So here's what we got on the list. Um, we have some good paydowns at quarterback. We have Tua, 5,500. Heineke, 52. We have Mills. He's 49. So definitely some really good budget quarterback options. And then you got your heavy hitters. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. You kind of have to build around them if you want to spend up for them but all very safe plays if you don't like playing the the min-price quarterback gamble. Like I do. I love spinning down for quarterback. Uh, Running back, a very solid three here. Um, We've got uh, King Henry, Chuba, and Daryl Henderson, who they're all pretty much locks. And you could, if you don't want to do a three, running back lineup. Um, the only way I'd, I'd mix in is J.D. McKissick. If Antonio Gibson's out, it's pretty safe. At what, 51? Daryl or Miles Sanders at 5,100 as well. Um, 
it's up to you. Those are some good pay down options. But yeah, can't go wrong with the safety of King Henry, especially if the field is going that way. You don't want to be at a disadvantage. And then you can do like a low ownership wide receiver or something. But if you if you build with Chuba, King Henry, and Daryl, um, that's a really solid core. And then at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, everyone's afraid. They're scared to, to go back to the well with Terry with how bad he played against the Chiefs, but they have a really good cornerback. And Terry's got a good matchup this week. So Terry at 69, Tyreek Hill. Um, definitely have to spend up for him, 8,600. Uh, Calvin Ridley, really good option at 66. Uh, and then let's see, Antonio Brown for 6,300. Have to have to have him in your lineup. And then your your discounted value wide receivers, we've got Tyler Boyd, 47. We've got Rashad Bateman, 34. Terrace Marshall and Nico Collins, both at 32. So maybe just throw in one of those discounted wide receivers in, but guys like, you know, Antonio Brown and uh, Calvin Ridley and Terry McLaurin being in the sixes, you got to be able to th- figure out a way to get at least two of those guys in your lineup. Uh, and at tight end, Ricky Seals Jones still getting all the snaps at 37. Hayden Hurst for extreme value pump play at 27. Uh, Ingram, if you want to pivot and get different from the Ricky Seals ownership at 36. Darren Waller, kind of same deal uh, compared to Kelsey. Uh, pivot from Kelsey's $7,600 price. Um, and Waller in a tight end funnel uh, you know, scheme versus that Eagles defense. Waller at 67 could be very good for you. And Dallas guard, Dallas Goddard, uh, with tough matchups for that wide receiver core could get a lot of volume at 4,600 without Ertz against Las Vegas. So that's all I got for you guys. Um, I feel like this is probably one of the most lean lists I've ever created. So we've we did what we set out to do. We we laser focused in on this. We eliminated a lot of the intrigue fatigue, and um, that should reduce the the amount of combinations in your lineups. So, good luck. Go on, get out there, do what you got to do. Make that gouda, that cheese. Bye, y'all.